everyone. I'm Kevin from The Ribbon. We feature tech-focused content that you'll love, and welcome to our latest podcast. Today, we're talking about the best kind of projects with Vanessa Taylor. Vanessa is one of our project managers at Ribbonfish, and Vanessa works mainly on Salesforce-specific projects and Salesforce platform projects. Today, we're going to ask Vanessa if a project can ever truly be flawless. So, Vanessa, really good to have you on the show today. Thanks. It's great to be here. So we're talking about projects and the title, of course, of the podcast is The Best Kind of Projects. And I don't know about you, but in, in my time, I've experienced projects with, let's say, different roller coaster style emotions. So sometimes it's it's going well, sometimes it's not going well. Sometimes there's you might be in a, in a, in a project meeting and it, it looks like the entire project is going down the drain. So I wonder, like, in terms of projects can there ever be a project that's say flawless like a perfect project yeah yeah of course there can be a flawless project everything delivered on time in budget meets all the requirements everyone's happy i don't think that's unheard of you were saying there that you've got your experience of roller coaster emotions with projects i don't think that's unheard of either but i don't think you need to rely too much on a flawless project to achieve a perfect project if that makes any sense no. i think so. there's one project that, that always sticks in my mind whenever i think of a perfect project it was years ago but it was a project where we were delivering a solution to to a partner and like you say everything went to plan i don't know how it happened if i'm honest but everything went to plan so for example we had we put a plan out at the start of the project we described what we we're going to deliver we put down milestones we put in for example the training the uat etc and then just as if by magic really the project just went and hit all of those milestones and everyone was happy. And and I thought to myself, wow, I, I hope all my projects are like this. <laughs> Obviously, but then, of course, project management, Kevin. It wasn't by magic. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's what I was going to say. That's, that's leading me on to my second question, actually. And maybe you've nailed it on the head already. But in order to get a project like that, is it just project managers that, that do it? Or like what drives projects to either A, go really well or be to go down that spiral that we've looked at the spiral of despair let's call it <laughs> the spiral of despair there's, I think there's a few factors definitely like I said I don't want to be too big-headed but a project manager is really going to be key to taking control and flagging issues before almost before they happen and making sure everybody's working on the right areas so everybody in the team is part of the project and if you've got a good team who's taking responsibility for their part I think that makes a big difference as well but really going right back to the start of a project if you've got a good decent understanding of a the client needs and requirements and wants and desires and also b the team the actual team and their ability and you don't want to get people too stretched or pressured or drilled right down to the bone just to deliver one or two requirements so really getting that understanding on both parts right at the start of the projects the other thing i want to discuss then whenever we talk about projects so if you look at the pace of business these days and without mentioning names of course we've got lots of clients that are moving really fast with their business so would one of the aspects to a project be speed in order to really get that benefit that you've mentioned to get through that journey is speed an important sort of aspect of a project, you think? Speed is. I think speed is. Obviously, you don't want a project dragging on. It's. I think that comes down to the planning, though, and to be able to deliver on time. Speed is just one aspect, though, because you don't want to just rush a project for the sake of getting it done quickly. If there's something that's important to the client, 
and it's it's in their requirements and it's really a make or break for them you want to give it the care and attention that it deserves so it's maybe looking at priorities then and if something's really critical to the business as part of the project then maybe you'd spend a little bit longer on it or you spend a bit more focus on it and if something is maybe not so important or not so complex then that's the sort of thing that you could speed through would that be a fair assumption yeah yeah definitely and that's prioritization at start of sprints i think that's a really great thing for agile as well and a great sort of benefit to working with that sort of methodology is that you can mm-hmm. get all the important bits done and delivered and some of the less important but still required aspects can come a little bit later but then you get in something that's a product that people can use straight up in the first phase and then some bits might come later and is agile the only sort of methodology that you would use on on a project or are you finding yourself doing maybe agile maybe sometimes waterfall maybe sometimes a mix a lot of people are doing a mix at the moment aren't they you find Mm -hmm. that it's not sometimes not the best approach to stick to oh i'm 100 percent agile all the time or i'm 100 percent waterfall all the time you get this hybrid mix that whatever works for that project I don't know about you, but I've seen um, and I've spoken to some other PMs uh, in our place and, of course, elsewhere, and, and they've said that often they find the client sees Agile as a buzzword, so they may not understand what Agile truly means, and then they start a project and they're saying, yep, yeah, I want to do this Agile, but in reality, they've, they've never really had an understanding of what that means, and especially what it means for them, for instance, whenever they have to to, to work in an Agile manner on, on the project. Is, have you seen that before? yeah yeah I have I wouldn't say it was just clients that say it's a buzzword it might be generally across the industry and people will hear agile and say oh yeah this is the best or this is this is it or people who've never like you say clients who've never had worked with agile delivery before I actually came from the client side so we were working in an environment where we were used to having that waterfall delivery all the time and I remember I think it was probably our first implementation the lightning implementation which is what started my piqued my salesforce interest let's say or started me on this project management path that was probably the first time that we'd really encountered an agile delivery projects and yeah it was exciting and a buzzword and a different way of working but it doesn't I think it does work yeah, true. I think, yeah, if you've got the structure in place, you've got the management in place, it certainly can be a success. And so what you've said so far is that you've said, just summarising, projects, it's the destination that's important, of course. The yeah. project itself might not be flawless, but the destination is the important aspect. And one thing then is, in, in, in terms of that journey itself, there's going to be, I would imagine, at certain points, red flags, and things may go wrong, or things may be at risk of going wrong. So how do you work around the red flags or how do you avoid red flags happening or how do you stop issues arising or at least persisting to a point where they can really cripple a project? I think it comes down to spotting them early. Well, they're twofold, really. With your planning, you want to make sure that you're not over-promising and trying to over-deliver given the resources and the time and the budget that you've got available. So it's really important that you understand Mm -hmm. the client's requirements and that they understand what's possible right from the get-go. So being realistic is probably one, one way to look at that. So be realistic about what you can actually achieve within whatever yeah. your time frame is. Yeah, and trusting one another there as well is really important. It's I get really excited at the start of every single project, every single one without fail. I'm like, yes, start a new project. <laughs> what does this client want? Oh, something great, let's do it. With it comes experience of what can actually be delivered. And especially here, there's a lot of people with a lot of a lot of experience. So they can't... We, kind of work with the clients a guide 
realistic expectations. And certainly we want to deliver the whole world to the moon and back again, everything that you want. (laughs) But yeah, having a realistic expectation of what can actually be done within this project in particular, that's going to set you up. But then you can always delay stuff, can't you? So for example, if 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 they do want the world, for example, then you don't have to give necessarily the world within the, I don't know, the first six months of the first phase of the project, for example, you can put stuff into future phases, right? So that's one way to handle that. Exactly. And keeping the client updated all the way throughout the project, mm-hmm. being clear and honest and open with progress, sprint show and tells, getting everybody involved throughout their journey. And it is a journey, right? You're both on the mm-hmm. journey. It's you, it's the client, it's the whole of their business. Everybody who's impacted by the project is on the same journey. And so you've got to be involved together. So if you've got these red flags creeping up, scope creep, extra requests, budgets going over, something's not quite working as you anticipated, it's got more time to fix. These things will come along as you go throughout because nothing's that perfect linear line that you hope it is 100% of the time. But if you catch it early, you're monitoring your risks, you're monitoring your assumptions, you're communicating back to the client. I think that's the second sort of prong to managing those red flags and in terms of the, the client side you, you of course you've got stakeholders on the client side that you're mm-hmm. that you're working with and you've hinted on it i think already but the stakeholders on the client side there, there must be an element there of importance for them to actually be involved in the project and oh yeah and actually sure. to actively be doing stuff on the project 100 percent. i think that the bigger the change it's always managed from above so the more buying you've got from stakeholders, from like team manager, department heads, everything like that, the more adoption you've got at the end, the more success I think you've got throughout the project. If a stakeholder is involved and sold from, from day one, then I think you're on to a good one there. I've definitely worked in places where, going back to the client side, I've worked there and had projects where the adoption has been... We've worked really hard for, say months on a project and going back to that first sort of lightning implementation project we thought it was brilliant we'd worked in every single department that you've got going including legal which anybody who's worked with a legal department will know that adds months onto your project we'd covered everything true true. we'd done everything that we could think of to make this the most productive tool the most usable tool that we could for the business and then the management changed so slightly after we we were about to go we were about to go live and then management changed around a bit so the new manager didn't really have the oversight of the project that the old one did so we lost that buy-in from management and, and once then, that was gone I guess that affected the entire project and it affected exactly. everything the adoption was, was quite low this all singing all dancing tool that we built was People weren't really bothered about it. They were oh, reverting back to the dreaded offline spreadsheets and all the bits that we were trying to get rid of. But as soon as we got that buy-in from above and the stakeholders were back into the project, they drilled it home to the teams, the wider teams, and, and exploded from there. As you were Salesforce, one project starts working, everybody wants a piece of the pie, don't they? So that's that kind of yeah kick-started a few more implementations off the back of that. Just True, to, and you can do a lot with Salesforce, can't you, in such a short period of time as well. So you can really add value to your users from, in in some cases, in days, hours, you can add value just by some of the simple things you can do in, on the system. Yes, you can do some really quick wins, but as soon as it, and it just starts working as soon as people start using it properly. Um, and as in, as built and intended, yeah. And stakeholders are important, aren't they? It's their money. 
well, not their money, but it's their purse strings really at the end of the day. So if you don't, if they're into the project, then. They want to see a return, don't they? They want to get that return on investment at the end. Yeah, exactly. So at Ribbonfish, you're working on different types of projects. You've got, for example, you've got our products. So you might be working on a product implementation. Sometimes you might be working on on an implementation with three of our products, of course, Mm because sometimes the clients want more than one product. And then, of course, there's also the bespoke project where, for example, the client might be getting a product or maybe none of our products, but they might be getting a custom build. They're building something, we're building something specific for an industry for them. So there's all these different types of projects. And of course, there's also the support projects. Then there's the change requests and every project's different, essentially. And I'm wondering, like, from your perspective, is there a difference between the type of project? So, for example, if you're working on a one product implementation versus a bespoke implementation do you approach that differently or how would you how would that sort of how would you approach that as a project manager yeah i think the the needs might be different but for each one but you you have a similar framework so every project is different but the same you have a way of working it's quite collaborative within the team and luckily within this team particularly a lot of people there is a crossover on people who work on the different projects so you can build in best practices from different areas quite easily which is really helpful and I think everybody is quite responsible for their part of the project so even though the projects are quite different and the needs are quite different I think that the approach can be quite similar across them. Yeah and at the end of a project we of course get CSAT we get our customer satisfaction scores the client will do a survey because we want to like you say we want to make sure we're improving or working on our best practices internally etc yeah. of course I, I was looking at the past six months and we've got a very high csat score at the moment i think it's 4.8 yeah, projects you've been working on right. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think my question would be then it seems like things are going well in terms of the projects and mm. what makes projects at ribbonfish so special can you see any differences between say what you're doing here or what we're doing with the rest of our team versus maybe another similar consultancy or something um, else it's going to sound really cheesy, but for sure, the people make it different. Mm. I don't think there's a single person here that doesn't care about the client. They've got your standard objects, you've got your custom objects. You can say, oh, I can build this system to do what you want and just churn that out 10 times over. But it's never really the case here. I think everybody is really quite passionate about helping the customer. And so they take that on board and put that into the project, which is great because everybody is really actually into producing the best thing that we can do, which I think makes a huge difference. I've definitely, certainly on the client side, worked with people who are the former, the people who will just put out mm-hmm. a system because this is a Salesforce system. This is your opportunities. These are your leads. This is how it works. But I think here we take time to think about the customer's needs and make something that works for them. And that yeah. definitely helps. Yeah, and I guess the customer then is going to really appreciate that. I think if you compare it to what you've said before with maybe somewhere where you're, people are just filling in or, or doing the bare minimum, for example, mm. if, you're, if you're going that extra mile, and I guess it really it's really something the customer is going to appreciate then and really, I guess that's where the scores come into it from that sort of thing. Yeah, it's that understanding requirements as well. A lot of the people here have worked on the client side as well. So I think that gives you a lot of empathy for customers and a good deal of understanding for the requirements because you've been there. True. And we have, I guess at Ribbonfish, we have people from different industries, like you say, as well. So people from publishing, for example, we've got people from media, we've got people from property, we've got people from 
workforce management. We've got people from finance, etc. So I guess all of these things, and, and people have seen will have seen different things at different industries as well, which yeah, maybe you they can bring across. Seen it all until you see something new. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for sure, that breadth of experience is really helpful. And you know what? We work with some of the greatest clients as well. I love them. I, <laughs> again, I don't want to sound too cheesy, but they're just so they're so lovely. And I think it's really important that when you're working together, it is a partnership and you have to remember that it's not just going out there for every bit of business. It's going out there for something that you can do well. And I think Grimfish, I certainly take pride in the helping the customers that we've got yeah true i think that's definitely going to be something that they'll be happy to hear and i think it makes it of course it makes a project go smoother if you can communicate even if it's the bad stuff like i know that you sometimes you have to communicate messages that may not be what the client wants to hear of course at times but if you have that relationship i think then that makes that entire process a lot easier doesn't it than having to yeah it goes back to that open communication thing what you don't want to be doing as a client is just being left in the dark until something goes wrong even if everything's gone completely and you're just finding out about what's happening at the end when it's being delivered to you it's not going to work so all the way through we do try and keep those lines of communication open and keep everybody who's who's involved in the project actually involved with the project there might be people listening that's want to become project managers so what would your advice be to them in terms of what makes a good project manager and maybe what the first steps could be for for them to try and get into project management i did it accidentally the implementation was what kind of led me into that so i was a project manager by title before i was a project manager by any sort of learning so there are loads of resources out there project management is one of these transferable skills between industries and a lot of people want to do it so luckily there are a lot of a lot of resources out there that you can learn from your prince tubes and everything like that there's loads loads of documentation online about methodologies but yeah if you've got the right attitude towards managing the project and you're quite naturally proactive and organized i think that's uh, to the skills that you're going to need before you start Perfect. So thanks very much, Vanessa. That's been really insightful, I think, listening to all these sorts of insights that you've experienced with your time here at Urban Fish and, of course, elsewhere. But it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next time when we explore the list management application that is causing a revolution in the publishing industry. Until then, If you want to hear more about Ribbonfish, Google Ribbonfish, and we will be the top result in your search. And if you like what you've heard today, subscribe, like, share, and review.